Welcome to the podcast. On today's episode, I get to interview someone I've known about for a long time. He contacted me about my work shortly after I wrote my first book. His name is Reg Reynolds, and he is a PhD in psychology and an author. Reg has authored quite a few books. The one most in line with what my audience would be interested in is called Teaching Children with Autism and ABA Primer. I still have an early copy of the book here in my education library. I'm so happy to bring this conversation to you today on the Just 7 Steps podcast. Welcome to the Just 7 Steps podcast with Robert Schramm, a board-certified behavior analyst, educator, author, and developer of the 7 Steps to Successful Parenting. For more than 20 years, Robert has been teaching parents and professionals how to support children in developing the values and priorities necessary to live a successful life. In this podcast, you'll hear from some of the biggest experts in the fields of education, parenting, and behavior analysis. So buckle in and get ready for a wild ride where you'll learn to be your best in just seven steps. Hey, Reg, uh, it's uh, nice of you to join us today. I know you are now a retired man, but I imagine you really have seen it all in your days in the fields. So let me ask you a couple of questions today. What would you say are some of the biggest changes that you've seen in education and parenting over your career, uh, especially in the way that we handle disabilities or behavior challenges? Well, I think, I think in my background, I worked in corrections, and my experience has been that the government doesn't want to spend any money on anything that isn't going to get them elected. Now, that that not only applies to people that are in jail, but it applies to kids with autism as well. There's a real, certainly around here, there's a major push to not spend money on kids with autism. Well, let's let's give everyone a talk little bit. A good, they talk a good story, but it, it's just talk. Well, well, let's tell everyone where around here is. Uh, where are you located? Ontario. Ontario, Canada. Yeah, I don't think yes. Ontario is known for having great uh, coverage for for autism services. Is that correct? Certainly not what's needed. Nowhere near what's needed. My daughter was working in daycare, and a number of the kids that she was supervising had autism, and she sort of gradually moved into being an instructor therapist. I thought I should find out what that was about and what autism was about, having ignored it for many years, 40 years, and uh, tried to self-educate a little bit. Finally got to the point where I thought I could talk to other people in the field if they would talk to me. Most of them wouldn't. Really? That's a a shame. I think one chap said, uh, one prominent psychologist said, why would I help anybody who might potentially become competition to me? <laughs> oh, that's too bad. That's not the way. That's not the way the field grows and right. develops and gets better for sure. I did find somebody who would talk to me, and she offered me a job, and so I worked for Aaron Oak Kids for nine years or so. Wow, that's and, amazing. And uh, Ontario was in the midst of setting up its uh, IBI program. And I helped to participate in that. And IBI, for those people who aren't aware in our field, is is intensive behavioral intervention. Is that correct? Right, right. So let me ask you, um, you know, you've been in the field for a while. And, you know, even before you were working in it, you were kind of paying attention to it. Is there anything that you think has, has gotten worse? Or do you think that science has ensured 
that we've continued to get better and better in the way that we teach over the years? Well, I've been out of the field for five years now. So I don't know what's happened. I don't know much about what's happened between now and then. But certainly the introduction of ABA, certainly your work <laughs> particularly, uh, has contributed immensely to uh, teaching children with autism. Well, I truly appreciate you saying that. Um, I mean, I know well, you were... It's the truth. It's the truth. Well, <laughs> well, thanks. One thing I know is that you were not really an ABA man per se. I mean, I think that's exactly what you said in, in your book. Um, I, I'm not. But I, I've, I've, Go I've ahead. been around ABA for probably about 25 years. So I probably have as much experience with it as most of the people in, in the field, uh, all the young ones anyway. But I, I it, it's just been part of a multi-interest life. Well, what was it about ABA that first um, brought uh, your attention to it and started considering it and bringing some of the principles into your book and into your work? I happened to take a workshop from Vince Carbone. Hmm. He's a ch charismatic ABA advocate and uh, caught my attention. Yeah, a, a lot of us, uh, a lot of us, really bought into this concept of the verbal behavior approach to ABA through Vince's work right and on. Dr. Mark Sundberg. So yeah, his, his presentations were so important to the field. Uh, I guess it would have been mostly in the 1990s, early two thousands is when he was doing most of his, his stuff. It got people interested. Yeah. Such a great speaker. And then you, and then you came along and, and uh, showed us how to do it. Well, I came along and showed you um, my, my take on it for sure. So this here is the book that I have uh, as part of my library. I know that you have a different, I think you have a different cover for it now, um, but I've had I've had this version of it on my shelf for a number of years. Uh, tell this, us about- This is the latest print version. It is an ABA primer with application to teaching children with autism. Awesome. So it still has the same picture, but you've adjusted it a bit. Here, here's my version. I don't know if this is one of the earliest versions or not, but uh, it's been that's on my a, life. That's, that's uh, probably 2016, and this is 2019. So yeah. It's been in my library for a long time. Can you tell us a little bit about uh, the goals that you had with the book and uh, why folks would be interested in buying a copy? Well, I, I didn't actually have any particular goals. I was working for Aaron Oak Kids in the, in the ABA-based uh, program. And I tried to clarify my own thinking about what we were doing. And so the books grew out of my attempt to put on paper what I thought it was all about. Yeah, that's interesting. That's kind of how my my first book started. It was uh, I was taking everything that I had learned and was kind of assimilating and teaching. And in my goal to organize it all. Mm -hmm. I started writing it all down for parents that I was working with. And I started realizing that I just had these pages and pages of all these things. And I started kind of sectioning it all out for myself. And that ultimately became my first book. Um, Same thing. So what's the best place for someone to buy a copy of this book if they're interested? Probably Amazon. Now, I went through the uh, self-publishing route and I put in 
infinitely more money than I would ever get out of it. I was doing it for the sake of sharing the information. Then I discovered uh, Kindle Direct Publishing. Costs me nothing to do that. Mm. Costs me nothing. And I can put the books on uh, as a Kindle book, charge, in this case, $2.99 US. So the latest is available really, really cheap. I'm not trying to make money out of it. I'm just trying to share information. Well, it isn't the worst thing in the world if you can make a little bit of money off of your hard work. That's all I have to say. <laughs> well, I hope you do. But you're in the business and I, I'm I'm retired. Well, I, I will tell you this. Um, I was so honored uh, that you chose to mention me and, and some of my work in your book. Uh, do you remember when you first heard about uh, my work? And what were your thoughts about uh, what I was trying to bring to the table in education programming uh, for children with autism at that time? I don't actually remember where I ran across that first, but it was, here's the verbal behavior approach. This is what you do. And I thought, right on, this is the Bible. This is the ABA Bible. I think you said there were four areas that you mentioned in your book uh, that I had a focus on parent training. Uh, the seven steps to instructional motivation, concept of mini consequences, and uh, this working that I was working with this concept of control in behavior analysis, which wasn't I, a really. I, I know, I know you don't like that term. Yeah, it wasn't. <laughs> well, I don't kid. like the term "control child." Um, yeah. I kind of regret that I ever used that in the first edition, but I do still think that uh, understanding control as a generalized reinforcer is really valuable for teachers. And it's yeah. something I still do teach. So what was it about the the parenting aspect or the parent training aspect of my work that you thought was uh, interesting or valuable? Well, it's that old business about the other 23 hours that in general, the, the rule of thumb is the therapist sees the client for an hour a week and or an hour a day. And then there's the other 23 hours out of the day or 24 hours for the rest of the week, every day the rest of the week, if uh, parents need to be involved, if they're not involved, and my experience is many of them don't want to be involved. Uh, you practically have to twist their arms to try to get them not to just give you the problem to solve. I really but, like that about your approach and it, it, that you, it's big a big part of what you've been doing. Yeah, I um, think it's... I think it's human nature um, to to see a problem and go to an expert with it mm -hmm. rather than try to do it yourself. But I think all the studies have shown that that parental involvement is one of the biggest indicators of success for kids with with autism diagnosis and developing their their best outcomes. So actually learning how to become your own expert is something that I've always focused on as, as part of what I did. Well, I think they really need to start with going to an expert. And, but the expert has to educate them in what to do and get them involved in doing it, which is what you've been doing. Yeah, well, that's the idea. And uh, uh, you mentioned the seven steps uh, in your book as well. I don't know if you ever really fully implemented them on a regular basis or if they were just part of your learning there, but do you have any recollection of what you felt that that was offering uh, at the time? That, that was offering what was needed and is still needed. And yes, the seven steps, you work your way through. 
I, I, I know when I when I wrote it, one of the big reasons for writing it was trying to get the field away from escape extinction, uh, yeah. holding children in captive learning and giving giving parents and teachers an opportunity to teach through motivated learning, which were the goals of people like Vince Carbone and, and Sunberg and the other VB guys. So, yeah. Um, and, yeah. I, and I remember when the approach was to hold the kid at the table with your knees yeah. <laughs> around wow. his. And I, I'm glad that we've been able to, to, you know, fully move away from that sort of thing. I mean, hopefully we have. I, I'm pretty sure there's still people out there who are doing it that way. There are still people out there who don't have a clue what they're doing. Wouldn't recognize a kid if it came up and bit them in the ankle. Well, I guess that's that's I guess that's that's possible and and probable in just about every field. But uh, it's no different in the field of education. So. Well, um, it was partly because th there was so much need and so few people who know, knew anything about it. So a lot of people filled that space that probably weren't really trained and, and experienced and ready to do that. Um, but I think that the field that we work in, it's important to always be learning, always be progressing. And even the seven steps are changing all the time, too. The steps themselves, the principles themselves that are behind the steps don't change. Uh, but the focus and the way that we we factor in things like learner ascent and the importance of relationship building as part of everything we do, I think is is constantly changing. In fact, I am right on. Yeah, I am. I am currently working on a new version of the the Seven Steps book to increase awareness of kind of the way that I'm teaching it now versus the way that I taught it mm -hmm. back, back in I think 2017 when the book came out. I will have to get a copy. All right. Well, maybe I'll have to send you one. <laughs> so, and another thing, thanks for noticing the concept of mini consequences. Mini consequences I use as kind of a signal that um, things are moving the direction you want them to be moving, or they're kind of moving in in a, the in an incorrect direction. Yes. And it, it uses that signal to to give the child uh, an opportunity to see what they're doing and adjust. Mm -hmm. And yeah, I think, um, I think a lot of people in the field, I don't know about in the field, but I know a lot of parents think that if they can punish a child with a big, strong punisher, that it's going to hold more value than, uh, kind of something that's kind of short and temporary. And I don't think that that's proven to be true. Um, I no, think because, no, because it just gets the kid upset and, uh, taps into goodness knows what in the relationship. Yeah, and it becomes it becomes punitive more than educational. Yep, and that's really what we want to avoid. We want we want uh, a child to experience five, ten, fifteen, twenty opportunities of things getting better or things getting worse based on their behavior, rather than one mistake leading to hours and hours of loss uh, right. and no opportunity to learn within those hours. So. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, and then the only other thing that, that I think that, that you mentioned that I was kind of happy that you pulled out in your work was this subject of control in behavior analysis. Uh, and I'm wondering, do you still think that control is a reason why a child might not choose to pull any of the levers or all of the levers when the three levers of attention, escape, and self-stimulation are available to them? It, it's been said that when you've seen a child with autism, you've seen one child with autism. I'm sure there are kids for whom being in control is the issue, or a major issue in their lives, uh, for whatever reason, whatever personal history they have. The job of the 
of the instructor is to instruct. And uh, as long as that's being done well, the, the control issue doesn't become major. You know, I have a quote here from you. The secret of successful teaching is ensuring that the learner is successful. Yes. That's, that's says the responsibility lies with the instructor. Yeah, I absolutely always felt that way. And I think that's the, the kind of stuff that was popularized also with verbal behavior. It's that if a child's not learning, it's not the child's fault. I think in behavior analysis in general, it's not the child's fault if they're not learning. They're doing the best they can with what's available to them in their environment. And it really is upon the parent or the teacher to figure out what they need uh, to help them be successful. This, this is a, a Vince Carbone uh, idea. And it's like if you're trying to teach attention, you, you begin with one second or a tenth of a second and work your way up. Yeah. Start with where you can get them successful. Yeah. Right. Enforce that success and then build it over time. Right on. And that's exactly what worked right into step number five of instructional motivation. It's that starting starting the kids where they are and move them forward. It ended up being one of the seven basic pillars uh, that I felt that that everyone needed to have and know about to be able to teach. And, and the steps are as small as they need to be. Yeah, exactly. And I tell you what, uh, Vince Carbone, I'm glad you brought him up a couple of times. He really was an important part of my learning and development. And I, I think maybe I should probably reach out to him and see if I can get him to join us on the podcast. That'd be a real get. I don't even know if he's still alive. You know, it's been oh. a long time. Well, I know that he's alive. Uh, he was just presenting not long ago. I think he's living in Florida now. Uh, I don't know if he still has his clinic in New York, but he has one in like Abu Dhabi or or one of the one of mm -hmm. the um, one of the Middle Eastern countries. And I know he works out of Florida and he still presents. So uh, maybe I can get him on here and uh, tell him uh, what an influence he's had on me and people like you and others in the field. <laughs> that would yeah. be great. So um, I appreciate you taking your time. Is there anything else that you'd like to share about your work over the years or your career or hopes for the field of education and parenting of children with disabilities like autism spectrum disorder? I haven't talked. I haven't. We haven't talked about tag teach. No. Uh, we and I think and I think that's worth mentioning. I do know I worked with a behavior analyst um, named Ann Warmald. And um, oh, she yes, you bet. Do you know Anne? You know Anne? I know Anne, yeah. Yeah, we work together. Uh, her mother, Joan Orr, is one of the guiding lights for Tag Teach. Yeah, yeah. Um, I met Anne and we worked together in uh, BC, Canada, for about a year or so. Mm -hmm. uh, I introduced the seven steps to her and she introduced a lot of the Tag Teach um, concepts to me, including things like using tagulators for in-school token plans. I think I have some... I think I always have some around somewhere. Right. I don't know if you can see that or not. I've even I've even gone so far as to make them. Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Um, let me yeah. show, let me show you what I think might be a precursor for tag teach. Okay. Ways to catch kids being good, and that's I think a, a precursor to tag teach. It's like positive reinforcement, and as, as much as you can ignore the negatives, negative behaviors and catch them being good and yeah. reinforce the hell out of it. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Find a way to catch them being good and to make sure that they know 
they're being caught being good. And I think that's one mm-hmm. of the things that tag teach does for us that a lot of other um, behavior analysts aren't really kind of thinking about is how do we make sure that that child is able to quickly understand that, Hey, there's an opportunity here. They've created some, some benefit. Um, they've been seen and things are good without disrupting what they're doing and disrupting the classroom and that sort of thing. So yeah, it's really, right. yeah, it's really good stuff. You know what? Anne is, um, Anne would be a good uh, guest as well. I should consider bringing her out here. Yes, indeed. She would be. Awesome. What's something that, that, that parents who are starting to work with their kids might do that seems to make sense or seems to be helpful but ultimately is hurting the overall program. Among the ABA errors, the first one is a big one for me, teaching without reference to a broad enough curriculum. Instructors who have a plan for what they're going to teach. And if, say, the child is nonverbal and they're trying to teach discrimination between two objects, just as an example, and... The child is trying to talk to them about it. And that talking to them, that communication is being ignored because they're focused on teaching something else. Whereas the communication is so much more important than the discrimination that they're trying to teach. Mm. Yeah. Sort of being able to see a broad, broader picture. That's always been one of the biggest issues with ABA or behavior analysis in general pr- practitioners is that they get blinders on because they're taught to teach everything a certain way that this is the best way to teach it and then to take on it and everything else. And so they're so focused on their individual goal that they're trying to achieve that they're never able to really focus in on what the child is telling them or what the child is interested in or engaging in. And there's lots of other curriculum that they could be focused on or working on within that context. Um, And that's why I love... um, natural environment teaching so much over intensive trial teaching because it it factors in all of those those things well that and the importance of of, uh, what i would call play so that yes natural environment teaching but think thinking of it in terms of let's have fun yeah and what could we learn when we're having fun More more than we learn when we're not having fun that's right well listen seriously uh, it's been great having the chance to to talk with you kind of in person. Uh, we've communicated so many times via email over the years. Do you know, did we ever have a chance to meet in person? I don't think I don't so, think have so. we? I don't think so. Yeah, no, I don't think we've ever been at like a conference or anything together. But anyway, seriously, thank you so much, Reg, for taking the time to join us here on the Just 7 Steps podcast. Happy uh, to do. I hope you're you're well and healthy. Thank your, thank your wife for me for letting me steal you away. Okay. Where are you located now? Uh, I'm in I'm in Gilbert, Arizona. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, so I spent 14 years in Germany. Uh, I spent three years in BC, Canada, and then recently moved down to Arizona. Nice talking to you and nice to see you. Yeah, it's really nice to to kind of meet you finally after all these years. I'm glad that I thought to to contact you. Thank and, you. And stay in touch. So let's I'll see you on Facebook. Okay. Thanks. All right. All right. Take care. Ladies and gentlemen, Dr. Reg Reynolds. Thank you for taking the time to join me today on the Just 7 Steps podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please take just a moment to leave me a comment. Give a thumbs up, 
share the video with others and subscribe to our YouTube channel so that you won't miss out on any of our Just 7 Steps videos designed to help parents of children with challenges find your family's path to progress. See you right here next week.